it's Tuesday the 2nd of January 2024. I'm Miranda Sawyer and it's New Year, same old us. Welcome back to Paper Cuts, the modern newspaper review, where we gently flick through the pages of the UK press, marvelling at the wit and insight contained therein. Oh no, that's not right. Where we rip through a pile of newsprint to reveal the nation's terrible dark heart and even worse dad jokes, along with the bits of the news that make us laugh. We're back and out every weekday to jolly you up during this, the longest, dullest, skintest month. So why not subscribe? That way, you'll get your regular fix of newsy nonsense every day, with Saturdays and Sundays off for pretending you're going to do park run. <laughs> you know you're not. <laughs> Now, here are the headlines for today's show. 100 and greaty! (laughs) 16-year-old Luke Littler is through to the semis of the World Darts Championship. Long way round, cargo ships are diverting from the Red Sea all the way round Africa to avoid Houthi attacks. And it's getting hot in here. Festival Guru says saunas are the new high. Welcome to Paper Cuts. We read the papers so you don't have to. Thanks for joining us on Papercuts, where we're too busy writing think pieces about self-improvement to actually get round to doing any. I'm Miranda Sawyer, and with me today is historian and festive monopoly refusenik, it's Alex von Tunzelman. Hello, Alex. Hello, it just goes on for ages. Can't we just do bananagrams instead? (laughs) And also joining us is writer and man who's finally finished his Christmas Lego Concord, Jason Hazley. Jason, congratulations. Thanks. (laughs) Took me um, a whole day. Whole day. I thought it would take longer. Three hundred and eight pieces or something. Wow, that's a long stint. Look, what do we have on the front pages today, Alex? Well, it's a pretty depressing selection no of front pages today. I'm afraid across the broadsheets and the tabloids. I've got the broadsheets. So the Guardian leads with Ofsted bows to pressure and halts inspections after Head's suicide. Mm. Horrible story there about Ruth Perry, headmistress who killed herself. But Ofsted have decided that uh, the uh, Ofsted inspectors need training in order to treat the head and the teachers properly. So that's good. Yeah, so ultimately that might be a positive outcome Mm. from that story. Um, The Times is leading on cancer diagnosis for one Brit in a minute by 2040. Sounds like a threat. (laughs) Is basically a threat. Um, I mean, and the big worry there seems to be that uh, the rate of diagnosis is not going to keep up with the rate of treatment. Oh, right. Lovely. So that's also very, very depressing. There's a um, nice picture of some mermaids. There, there is. I mean, so to cheer us up a little bit, there's a picture of some uh, people dressing themselves as mermaids with lovely flowing green wigs. Oh, they're not real mermaids. Mm. I'm sorry, Jason. Oh, I'm what? Mm. Um, in the wider picture, there are lots of photos of ladies in water today in the papers, aren't there? There's <laughs> there an really awful are. lot of them. a theme, yeah. yeah. Um, the Telegraph is going for a very depressing story as well. Record number of deaths amid NHS strikes. We can see a bit of a different slant in The Guardian and The Telegraph here in that The Telegraph, of course, uh, we've got the junior doctor's strike happening, uh, six-day walkout, I was very worried about it. And, you know, The Telegraph very much putting the blame on the doctors, the BMA, for not uh, not working. The Guardian, of course, having a slightly different take, which is a bit more about, you know, maybe the government should do something to stop mm. these strikes. And the iPaper leads on Red Sea rebel attacks set to drive up food prices in the UK. These kind of attacks uh, around the Suez Canal, possibly leading to even higher prices for us. So, I mean, I'm afraid there's nothing to make us rejoice in those papers. It's all right. We've got some jokes. (laughs) (laughs) Not yet we haven't, because on on the front page of The Sun, there is a grim story about a young lad called Harry Pittman who was 
killed as he watched fireworks, as the headline said, he was stabbed from Primrose Hill. Mm. On the front page of the Mail, another grim one. Um, first police probe into virtual rape. Um, police are investigating the first case of rape in the metaverse after an under 16 year old who cannot be identified was attacked in a virtual reality video game. This is just another story that says that basically the law is a mile behind on getting to grips with any of this. This is the first time that the UK police have investigated a virtual sexual offence, but the, the hook they're hanging it on is that they think she suffered the same kind of psychological damage had she been physically attacked, Yeah, is the thing. OK, that's the grim out of the way. On the front page of the Mirror, just in very big letters, we want election. Two-thirds of public say soon actually call it by summer at very latest. But also, on the front page of the Mirror... Just look at me, Mum. Teen Dart Star marches on, and this is going to be the beginning of many things about Luke Littler, because on the front page of the Star, well, they've really gone for it on the front page of the Star, the headline is Dart Throb. <laughs> it's love at first flight, as darts players are voted tops in bed. Um... <laughs> Under the standalone 140, doesn't work, um, and thought for the day, wherefore dart thou, Romeo? So we're, they're going very darts heavy and so are we. <laughs> <laughs> look, before we go darts heavy, shall we have a, just a really quick look at the front page of the I, which says Red Sea rebel attack set to drive up food prices in the UK? Because that is a... Quite a weird one, isn't it, Alex? What's it about? It is a bit weird. Well, it comes back to one of my obsessions, the Suez Canal, mm. um, which massively shortens the route that uh, sea vessels take to go from Asia to Europe, basically. Um, and that's quite a big deal because that's where oil goes through and stuff like that, and also various other items that we now use. So the cargo boats in that Red Sea have been attacked by the Houthi, who are a Yemeni group. They're a minority group there. So Yemen's administration is largely Sunni and they're a Shia group. So yeah. Sunni and Shia, but not I Got You Babe, the other <laughs> ones. And uh, they're attacking these boats. And so basically that's making it very dangerous. Yeah. And um, the reason why they're attacking these boats is because... Because those are connected to countries supporting Israel. Yeah. And they have declared um, their support for uh, Hamas. Exactly. So that's what's happening there. And basically what's now happening is that Britain um, and various other countries are now talking about potentially an armed response to this, possibly airstrikes so on to make it stop happening. Because aside from anything else, there is this big worry that we are going to see higher consumer prices. I mean, even now, from what it looks like in the coverage in the iPaper, it's quite likely we will see some shortages and price rises anyway, because there's already a backlog now. Basically, yeah. if you think about it, if ships have to go all the way around Africa rather yeah. than through the quick bit. Um, that yeah, just it costs adds, a lot. It's it basically costs a lot. Yeah. 300 ships have gone, done the big round trip so far and it costs £1.6 million a trip. Yeah. So that is quite a lot. And also their insurance is going up as yes, well. Yes, exactly. And yeah. the Danish shipping industry have doubled wages for its crews, basically, just to keep them on the boats. Yeah, wow. well, because, I mean, who would want to go and yeah, do that? Exactly. When yeah, exactly. might be shot out of the water. Yeah. So, so it's, it's, a, it's very specific story. as well about what it's going to affect. It's going to affect the price of tea, wine, meat and fish. Correct. Yep. That's it. And shortages in fruit, clothes, rice and palm oil. There you go. It's a geography lesson, really. It is a geography <laughs> lesson, isn't it? Yes. We're all connected, aren't we? Yes. <laughs> now, let's have a look at the man that the Daily Mail has decided to call the Ronaldo of darts. <laughs> Luke Littler from Warrington. He's playing in the Professional Darts Corporation World Championship at Alexandra Palace and he's got to the semi-finals. Woohoo! What is so special about Luke 
the nuke, Littler, Alex. I mean, that's a better nickname than Ronaldo of darts, yeah. isn't it? Luke I've also seen nuke. him referred to as the Lionel Messi of darts, so clearly he's just we're just ticking off all the footballers, <laughs> all, aren't he's we? He's all footballers yeah. of darts. Yes, yes exactly. That's the crucial He's point. the footballer of darts. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, what's special about him, I mean, aside from he's awesome, is that he's 16. 16. It's amazing. Genuinely a huge, huge talent. Um, and so, you know, he's beaten his much older contestants, got through to the quarterfinals. Um, he's the first debut world champs player to reach the semis for five years and by far the youngest. So uh, yeah. he's described by one of his opponents, another nickname is a darts robot. But actually, we don't think <laughs> he is. I know it's a bit unfair because we actually think he's got a lot of personality. He's quite a showman. He really has. There was a lovely bit in the quarterfinal where he was going for a 170 and he threw double top, double top. So the next one he needed was a bull. Yeah. And he turned to the crowd as if to go, shall I go for it? And the commentator on, I think it was on Sky Sports said, it's not a committee, Luke. <laughs> But he's got that lovely yeah. he's got that lovely air of playfulness about him, you know? Yeah, he's great. It reminded me a bit of when George Best, when he was when he was again, he's the George Best of Dark. Yeah. Um George Best was his absolute George Best. He would he would just take the piss out of other footballers on mm. the pitch by just messing around with the ball in front of him. And it was all done in a, a real spirit of playfulness. And he seems to have got some of that as well. Yeah, he really, yeah, he's he's really great. And he also got stung. By, like, there's a there's a wasp, a legendary wasp. <laughs> the Alipali wasp, 172 followers on Instagram. <laughs> In Ali Pali, and he got stung while he was playing, which to me, I mean, I would like cry. I mean, yeah. I would just stop and cry for a bit. Didn't even notice. That's how cool wow. he is. Wow. Apparently, the Ali Pali wasp is is quite a common feature there, and it's it's something to do. If you go to Ali Pali, you'll see that a lot of the interior of the walls have been stripped back to the brickwork. Yeah. Um, and apparently, there, basically, there are wasps living in there. And when you fill the place with people all screaming and shouting at Luke Littler, it warms up, and the wasps go, "Oh, end of hibernation," and come out. <laughs> Look at all these people we could sting. Yeah. The people are great as well, aren't they? The audience. Before we get on to Luke Littler, people. let's talk about darts people. They're so good. There's pictures in the Daily Star of all the darts fans and they're fantastic. I love them. Um, so we've got uh, a load of them wearing sombreros and sort of Mexican shawls, um, <laughs> some fake moustaches to be more Mexican. And we've got Snow White and the dwarves. We've got some chap dressed as Snow White with, uh, with seven dwarves holding him up. And then some with dartboards around their faces, like sort of magic kind of crowns. Yeah, so their nose is the bullseye. You got it. Yeah, exactly. Wouldn't you, think Brilliant. wouldn't you think it's dangerous at a darts competition to dress as a dartboard? <laughs> Especially when There's everyone's really drunk. There's a very really obvious drunk. accident that might happen there. <laughs> Maybe they get off on the risk. Yeah. That's darts. <laughs> okay, so look, I would like to point out the other amazing thing about Luke Littler. Uh, Jason, do you want to talk, discuss this? So he's 16. We know he's 16. But he doesn't look like that, does he? No, he is a, effectively a middle-aged teenager. Yeah. <laughs> um, and there aren't many of those about. No. Um, he's got a sort of TUC haircut, which is amazing. Yeah, he looks literally like he's got a little... He's receding a little bit at yeah, 16, yeah. which is quite odd. Um, so, he's yeah, he looks like he's a bit receding. He's tall. He's quite hefty. He's really calm. I mean, there are some thoughts that we might subscribe to, that he's not 16, <laughs> that he's actually 35 you, or something. You're genuinely going to start this rumour, aren't you? <laughs> well, look, there's a picture. There's a picture in the, in the Guardian piece of him. I think it's online, but it's basically a load of other young players when he's about 14 and he just looks like their dad <laughs> sitting in the middle going oh well done everyone <laughs> um, but there's quite a few good pieces about him and there's one in the mail which is very good and in it there's a video from his mum Lisa Buckley and she works in a scented candle shop and um, it's of him throwing magnetic darts and he's 18 months old 
Definitely yep. an 18 yep. month old baby. And he's got the arm movement, the proper arm movement. He's amazing. <laughs> That's what happens when you start young, you see. Yeah, exactly. He starts young. But my theory. <laughs> <sighs> Go on, so... man. Go on, man. <laughs> While the 18 month old is playing darts, the power by Snap is playing on the TV, right? And that came out in 1990. So, I mean, if it were. <laughs> <laughs> so if he was 18 months old in 1990, he could be 35. This is your version of the flag flapping <laughs> on the mean, moon, isn't it? Paper you know, cuts home of the Lifler truthers. <laughs> <laughs> OK, he might not be. But he, he had also, apparently, he, he beat Raymond Van Barneveld, didn't he? Yeah. Um, in this competition, who had won several world titles before Littler was born. I mean, it's just amazing. <laughs> wow. I love it's it. mind-blowing, isn't it? Is it is mind-blowing. And he's got, um, he's got a girlfriend named Eloise, who's been tracked down on social media. She also plays darts. She's an amateur darts player. Um, she's 21. So, I mean, I'm just saying. Well, should we refer here to uh, darts players being the finest lovers in the world? I think we should. I think we should. <laughs> <laughs> the star has gone big on this story. This is the dart throb. Dart throb. So, under the irresistible headline, we're all cocky on the hockey, <laughs> um, the star says that Boffins, hi Boffins, Happy New Year. Um, we asked, missed you. Asked 2000, yes, did you have a good Boffin Christmas? <laughs> Did you, like me, get a Lego Concorde? Boffins <laughs> asked 2,000 Brits which sport produced the best lovers and one in five picked darts. <laughs> they were followed by swimmers and footballers in the study. Just 11% went for rugby players. Table tennis players were voted worst in the sack, getting just 1% of the vote. Now... This implies that the people who answered this survey have been to bed with all of those sports people. Yeah. <laughs> it's a particular kink, isn't it? Clearly, yes. It's important for research. So maybe that's why, as a 16-year-old, what well, a phenomenally successful 16-year-old, he's one of the other reasons he has a 21-year-old girlfriend, because maybe he is magnificent between the sheets. <laughs> Imagine. And it's only on, started being <laughs> magnificent between the sheets at 16. Yes. 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 <laughs> OK, so I just feel like before we finish with Luke Littler, we shouldn't ever finish with Luke Littler. No, 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 this um, one will run and run. <laughs> <laughs> this is, there's, there's some really lovely aspects about him because he is young, really. Um, so his regime, his training regime, you know when you think of sports people, you know, when they're young, they start really young and they train all the time. It's, you know, it's hard work being a, a young sports person. His regime as a child was wake up play on my xbox have some food have a chuck on the board go to bed (laughs) (laughs) he used to play his training regime was literally 30 minutes to an hour throwing throwing darts that's it what he's he's just sorted life already he's 16 and he's got it sorted yeah, and he's where's, obviously really good. Where's his 10,000 hours gone then? I mean, like, he yeah. clearly he is preternaturally talented. Yeah, either that or he's really old. Sorry. But, yeah, anyway, he's, um, th- there are lots of other lovely stats. He had 4,000 Insta followers at the start of the tournament. Now he's got, I checked last night, 227,000, <laughs> which is amazing. He, um, he got stopped. He was in the hotel lobby because he's obviously, you know, has to stay in a hotel because he's from Warrington and Alexandra Palace is in London. And he got stopped by Declan Rice and Aaron Ramsdale, and they wanted to pit with him, <laughs> which is so sweet. <laughs> I love that. And he likes to celebrate with a kebab and a chicken burger. Quite right. Nice. Don't we all? Yeah. Yep. And if he wins, he's definitely getting at least 100,000 and because uh, that's how far, because he's got to the semis, he's got, so he's earned 100,000. So if he wins the whole thing, he gets 500 
grand. Wow. He knows how he's going to spend it. I always treat myself to some Under Armour tracksuits. She's good. so sweet. Yeah, I know. They're good tracksuits. I know. He's going to get himself a new coat and yeah. some FIFA points for his Xbox. <laughs> Sorry. Good lad, good lad. I love him. He's so lovely and he might, because obviously he's going to be 17 on the 21st of January, so then he's going to get driving lessons and he might take his mates to Alton Towers or Blackpool. And then retire. Now, here at Paper Cuts, we love a brilliant headline and we've missed our regular fix over the festive season, though we have been keeping notes and there's been some... Quite good ones over the past couple of days, mostly about the weather. Uh, the Sun had happy Sogmanay yesterday. That's all right. <laughs> <laughs> the Star had happy booze year instead of happy new year. Right. And the Sport had happy blue year um, for the same thing. And the Sunday Post had the most excellent flood hit residents hung out to dry. That's oh. so good. Oh. I mean, it's awful, but also good. <laughs> Sorry. But it's a great headline. <laughs> Terrible story, great headline. Um, what about today? Are the subs still nursing a New Year's hangover, which is what I suspect, or are there any good ones? Alex, what have you got? Oh, they're not bad, actually. I've got in the star. I've got three in the star today. So we've got uh, Taylor Swift maybe summoning demons. She accidentally, may be. it mm. says. So remember, accidentally, by performing witchcraft during concerts. Basically, there's this one father, Dan Rehill, who performs exorcism, has decided this might be happening. Seems a bit vague, but it has given them an excuse to have the headline, The Exor Swift. Oh, that's so good. <laughs> it's pretty good, isn't it? It's yeah. pretty good. Um, we then, a little further on in the star, uh, we've got the uh, story, and I know this will cause controversy if we talk about it. Um, <laughs> Chef Gino Sorbillo has said that he actually thinks pineapple on a pizza is great. <gasps> and it's nice, and no. he started serving them in Naples. Wow, that, oh my goodness. Pizza. It says the topping is the fruit of all evil, but their headline <laughs> is pineapple pizza, got to no respect. <laughs> Very good. I um, love that Italian accent. Oh, yeah, yeah, it's a real one. Um, and further on yet, we have the story that Claudia Winkleman can't wait to retire so she can relax and smoke spliffs with Strictly co-host Tess Daly. She says she's only actually smoked cannabis once and then she fainted, but she <laughs> seems to want to have another go with Tess and the headline is Strictly Come Trancing. Very good. That sounds like a very strong spliff, though. It's got some other stuff in it. Oh, I quite fancy that whole fainting routine again. Do you? Why? (laughs) Okay, Uh, Jason, what do you have? Uh, Welcome to the sun. Mm. Uh, A Royal Navy sailor was sacked after earning £20,000 a month from X-rated snaps taken on an aircraft carrier. Naughty boy. And the headline is... (sighs) Hello, sailor. Of course it is. Excellent. It's the least wonderful time of the year. Um, what else have we got? This, so here's, and here's, a, here's a convoluted one for you. So there's a story on page 13 of The Sun mm. that a photo emerged of a woman called Theresia Javorska, who was a former director of the BBC World Service's Slovak section. Keeping up so far? Mm-hmm. Kind of. Right, yeah. so there's a photo of her. She looks a bit like Scylla Black. OK. But it turns out <laughs> she was un- unearthed as an undercover agent in the Whoa. 80s, right? <laughs> Meaning, the headline is, Communist Mole at Beeb, it's Scylla Block. The oh, I see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You see, you see, yeah. Does she look like it? A bit. I mean, you know, look. 
Yes, she does. I mean, same hairstyle. Yeah, yeah. Well, she's got the same hairstyle, but that's the same hairstyle that every woman of that age had in the 1980s and 90s, wasn't mm. it? It was one of the three that was available. <laughs> was it? Um, and compare and contrast here. The Michelle Moan mm. and Doug Barrowman story rumbles on uh, as he now takes pot shots at the government saying, well, why are you picking on us? Um, which is <laughs> which is effectively going, look over there, when in fact the government are going, no, look over there. Um, and the Guardian are going, look over there and have been for some weeks. Anyway, the... Uh, the Sun comes second with the headline Moan Man's Moan. Mm. Okay. But they're pipped by the Mirror, who have Moany Moany Money. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Good news, your favourite history nerds are back. Yes, we at We Are History have been trawling the history shelves of our local bookshops. Well, I have, John. You mostly went round finding your books and moving them to the front of the displays. If I can find them, it's a bonus. We are ready to tell you all about what we've learned, from the revolting French to some revolting women. Via some Brits abroad and a foul-mouthed Irishman. So, download We Are History. Our laughable attempt at a silly history podcast. With me, John O'Farrell and me, Angela Barnes wherever you get your podcasts Now it's time for the froth and frolics of the features section let's check out the cheeky central part of the papers which are on some moment absolutely ramajam full of New Year's diets and exercise regimes I know and they're going to be like that for the next week at least more boo yeah exactly let's ignore that bit (laughs) correct and find the fun stuff instead. So, Alex, you found quite a sweet story in The Guardian about best of all co-founder and DJ Rob DeBank, a very lovely man, and his new obsession with saunas. Yes. What is this about? Well, I just found this very charming. So it turns out, I didn't know, Rob DeBank is really into saunas. He just loves them. He thinks they're <laughs> great. They're good for your mental health. They're good for your physical health. They're just wonderful. So he lives on the Isle of Wight. So he's setting up this very exciting sauna there. And he wants to make the Isle of Wight the UK's sauna isle. <laughs> he's going to make it an island where you go to just do saunas. That's the idea. That's, that's what he's going to do. And he really likes the cold bit afterwards too. And I'm with him on that. I'm actually a big sauna fan. So mm. I'm with Rob. I think he's absolutely right. It's very, very good for you. Great for your mental health. Great for you physically and all that. And he says, it just makes you feel bloody great. Absolutely reborn. Like you've just been unwrapped from a package and you're brand new. It's a bit like <laughs> meditating. You can just escape your mind for a bit. You can't really take your phone in because there's a risk of it melting so you actually just sit what? there for half an hour and just be that's how hot it is i know is okay hot. so look i have to confess that i have never had a sauna well with the exception of coming into this yes, studio i was just gonna say it's quite hot um, yeah. what is the appeal and how can it melt my phone it's really <laughs> that can't re- be good for me if it can melt my phone no surely. it is really really hot but this it's well, I mean, I'm not very good at saunas. I don't quite like the idea to, of them. Is there a way of being good at saunas? It's practice. It's really? like, yeah, because yeah, you yeah, go in there it. and they say, you, there's normally like a, a, a timer, you know, like an egg timer. And you turn the egg timer over and it'll be like, I don't know, a minute and a half or something. It's mm. not very long. Very short. And by the end of it, you'll kind of go, oh, I feel a bit hot. I'll just go out again. And but then you build up, and this is this is very good for you, wow. apparently. I, I mean, you I'm, do that. You get very, very hot. Then mm. you go and have a freezing plunge or ice shower or something like that get very very cold um, and then if you're you know in a sort of Eastern European or Russian influence one you have a nice shot of vodka maybe some little dumplings 
then you just go and do it all again. But no, in those ones you get hit by sticks. You can't oh. tell me it's just vodka. Those ones get they hit you. Get by leaves. What? It's fine. It being, what? being hit by sticks is the price you pay for vodka and dumplings. <laughs> Anyway, there's some good facts in this. One, the, one of the facts is that um, that Rob DeBank, basically, because he's he's just the most enthusiastic person in the world who does things, you know, so he'll have ideas and he actually does them. He was put in touch with the Finnish Institute and he said as a joke, oh, have you got a spare sauna? And they had. So they said, yes, you can have it. <laughs> and it was it's this really fancy one that was created for the London Festival of Architecture and was, quote, inspired by the Tube Network. So absolutely filthy and overrun with mice. <laughs> Could be. <laughs> anyway, it's been touring the country and it now needs a permanent home and that will be on the Isle of Wight. But it's going to be in King's Cross from mid-January for three months. So I might have a go. I'm totally going. OK, fine. And if you... <laughs> right, we're going to we'll go. We'll take you, Jason. Oh, no. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm doing my hair that month. <laughs> I'm building another Concorde. <laughs> but there's a study in Finland and this is the thing that I find... This is the, the biggest stat of this whole piece, right? So... So a study in Finland in 2017 found that men who took a sauna four to seven times a week, so a lot of saunas, God, right? It's a lot of saunas. But they have a 65% lower chance of developing Alzheimer's or dementia over the next 20 years than men who only did it once a week, even when other factors such as drinking and exercise are taken into account. That kind of blows my that's, tiny mind. That's almost alarming as a, as a statistic, isn't it? Because yeah. it suggests that... Is the sample size so low that we that, that number no, is... No, because then they did another one, <laughs> another study in 2020, which involved 14,000 fins, and that backed the results up. Sweaty Fuck, boffins have, have said this is good. Sweaty boffins. Yeah, sweaty boffins. Is that... Do we... Do we really want sweaty boffins? No, but the... Yes, no, it turns out we absolutely do because <laughs> they all not get Alzheimer's. It's brilliant. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. And in Finland, this is a this is a stat that we've mentioned before on the programme. There is a, a population of 5.5 million people. There are 3 million saunas. <laughs> Amazing. And in the UK, yeah, this is on, my final on, stat. Right? <laughs> the British Sauna Society, and this does exist. That's great, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> has noted that in the UK, there has been a growth in authentic saunas. At the beginning of 2023, there were 49, and now there's 73. <laughs> Authentic saunas. Yeah. Is there is there some sort of inauthentic sauna? Yeah, oh, this yes. one. Oh, this one. Yeah, the, the <laughs> where studio. we're sitting. Yes, yes, yes. This is inauthentic. Can we get a sign above the door? Inauthentic sauna. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and we've got another story, haven't we? We've got another like non-grim story for the world on the front page of the Telegraph. It's a slightly misleading headline, which is um, how a Scot became Queen of Denmark. And yeah. Then, yeah, she's not a Scot, so no. that's like the first thing that's kind of misleading. <laughs> I mean, bless them for trying. She's yeah. from Tasmania, which is about as far as you can get from Scotland, really. Yes. If you drilled through. Yeah, she I has Scottish that's... parents, though. Yeah. And she's... It's not so much misleading as complete piffle, isn't it, really? <laughs> yeah. Well, she's quite into it, apparently. She's got a British passport and okay. an official coat of arms which features heraldic symbols of Scotland and the MacDonald clan. Although, right. if I had an official coat of arms, I could just put anything on it. I mean, you know, who cares? You put whatever you want. I put dragons on it. You just make it up, innit? Why yeah. would you want a British passport? Yeah, it's pretty useless these days, frankly. But anyway, you know, who knows? But anyway, it's very exciting because, yes, uh, the Queen of Denmark, Margrethe II, um, who was 83 and has been the Queen of Denmark for... Over 50 years. 50 years, years, yeah, Yeah. like half a century, obviously ages, has has, uh, abdicated, she stepped down in favour of her son, Crown Prince Frederick, going to be king, 
now. And he is married to this um, Australian woman. So this is the kind of excitement about the story, this new queen. And they're quite young and glam. Yeah. So the paper, Telegraph, of course, is all over this. Yeah. Loves a glam king and queen, especially because she looks a little bit like Kate Middleton. So it gives them an excuse to put oh, pictures of them together. Sake, and, they... You know, yeah. Well, really? she's, yeah, she does. She's skinny and she's got long brown hair and she's, you know, fit. She's good at sports. Good looking as well. Yeah, good yeah looking, you yeah. know. So, like, there's that's obviously given them a whole, they've got half a page out of that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's great. I mean, um, so it tells us lots about them. I mean, so they met in a bar in Sydney during the Olympics because he's all very sporty. He was there with like all his cousins who are all various princes of Greece and Norway and all these people, you know, whoever. Um, she didn't know they were a bunch of royals. So instead they were having quite a saucy chat mm. in this bar, which is called the Slip Inn. Right. Um, of course it is, in Sydney. Uh, so they were having a chat about chest hair. And apparently uh, all the princes were a bit up for this young lady touching their chests. And she says, I like Prince Frederick best because he was so smooth. Prince Nicholas had lots of hair and that wasn't really my type. <laughs> so that is why she's going to be Queen of Denmark, not Greece. Because of chest hair. My brother because Esau is a hairy man. <laughs> um, but hang on, when you say he's very sporty, should we translate that into telegraphies? Oh, yes, that, that's so oh, yes, funny. Yes. So, uh, the, yeah, well, how, do they, how do they say it? They say he was made for PE. <laughs> The telegraph is Which so weird. Which implies he's going to be good on the wall bars and he can vault properly, you I know. Mean, why are they still at school? It's hilarious. He's a grown adult, so it's so it's obsessed bizarre, with isn't it? It's yeah. a bit like saying that someone in a crowd is good at assembly, you know? <laughs> I mean, it's Brilliant at the hymn parts. Yeah. <laughs> really good. But he, I mean, he is impressively, I mean, I have to say, he's really impressively fit. He's the kind of person who didn't... In both I, senses. Yeah, in all senses. Yeah, he's pretty yeah. good looking. He's got a good salt and pepper beard. And um, he uh, he did an Ironman challenge. You know, you have to do like 112 miles cycling and miles swimming Fucking and marathon. Or oh, anyway, whatever. He is about to become king very imminently because when... His mum resigned, which was on New Year's Eve. Mm -hmm. She did it on TV, didn't she? Yeah, she did it on TV. She's pretty rough, man. And it was quite a surprise. Yeah. 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 So she, she resigned on telly and she said, basically, he's going to be king in 14 days. Wow. So he's king from January the 14th. Quick turnaround. Yeah, and there's a kind of slight theory about this because one of the reasons why she might have said that he, he has to become king really quickly is because he was caught with who? Oh, there's a little bit of scandal. There's <laughs> Mexican socialite Genoveva Casanova. <laughs> say, it, say it again, Alex. Say it again. Genoveva Casanova. Oh, She's this very Mexican very in here, isn't it? I know. <laughs> Now I need an ice bath. Casanova. Can you believe her surname is Casanova? I, know, so I mean, for God's sake. It's so on the nose. Um, and apparently, yes, uh, there were paparazzi rumours that the two of them, she's she's a rather comely blonde lady. Yeah, um, they went, basically they went out and they went for dinner and then they went to her flat and um, they didn't come out for two hours and they were in different clothes. Oh, mm. that's a bit ooh, sketchy, isn't it? But, uh, Maybe they but spilled she's something. Well, might they might have, have done. Something. They might have spilled something. Yeah. Might have. Played a game. Yeah, we don't know. Changing your clothes. Anyway, so this might be a kind of like royal sabotage. They're just going, right, now you're king. Absolutely none of that nonsense. Yeah. Quite like the brutality of it, though. It's a long way from the kind of months and months that we had to put up with between the Queen's death and the King's yeah. coronation, yes. by which time even he was bored with the idea quite <laughs> manifestly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Two weeks, you're on. Yeah. yeah, just get straight in. But anyway, they've all denied the rumours. Um, yeah. Meanwhile, we're back to, look, he's got a hot wife, they've got four kids... Everybody just focus on that, please. Yes, exactly. That's what we're doing. 
And that's the end of today's paper cuts. Thanks to Alex. Thank you. Thanks to Jason. Thanks. And if the January blues are getting you down, then why not cheer yourself up by joining the Paper Cut Supporters Club? Just £3 a month gets you ad-free episodes and extended editions, plus the chance to get your hands on some highly covetable Paper Cuts mugs and T-shirts so you can stay in and binge watch daft nonsense for the entire month whilst you and your cup of tea are wearing something great. Just go to papercutshow.com and follow the link in the show notes. I've been Miranda Sawyer and you've been listening to Paper Cuts on a day when the star reveals that Britain is the world's fastest growing wine region, all because of climate change. Hmm. Do we say cheers? See you tomorrow. Paper Cuts was written and presented by Miranda Sawyer with Alex von Tunzelman and Jason Hazley. The producer was Liam Tate with assistant production by Adam Wright. Music and audio production was by me, Simon Williams, and the socials were by Jess Harpin and Kieran Leslie. The group editor was Andrew Harrison, the managing editor was Jacob Jarvis, and the executive producer was Martin Boitosh. Paper Cuts is a Podmasters production. <laughs> <laughs>